In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. That's right. In the Lab time right now, John Harris and me, Drew Doherty. John, good to see you. Good to see you. Let's go get a win. So with that in mind, which is the bigger threat? The Denver run game or the Denver pass catchers? DP, I thought, had the best answer when I asked her this. She said yes, but which is the bigger threat out of those two? Because dang it, yeah, they fumbled the ball two times, and those are egregious errors, but Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon combined to average better than five yards a carry. Yeah. And they both had, what, 800-plus yards last year? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a nasty, nasty combo. And and on top of that, Williams caught 11 passes the other night. Yeah. So, I think Williams is – it. you said runner pass. I think Williams is more the issue to me. I think Williams is the guy that, And I'm saying the run game yeah, versus e- the pass catchers. E- e- either way, because you talking can – Talking about poop, Judy and those – Right. Yeah. I think Judy down the field is very um, – Oh, boy. I worry about that, especially because Russell is so good throwing the ball down the field. So I do I do worry about that. But the way that Taylor was able to run the ball last week against the Texans. Now, I've heard a lot of talk about that, and Taylor did get 160. In the fourth quarter, when it felt like the Texans' defense was starting to show some fatigue, that's when they really – and that's when they really started pounding Taylor. But he had had some success prior to that. Mm-hmm. Javante Williams is not Jonathan Taylor, but – He's not far off. You're talking about Jonathan Taylor being like Wagyu steak. Javante Williams is a nice big old, what's that big tomahawk steak? Mm -hmm. That's what he is. He's just a different kind of runner than Taylor, but he's just as dangerous. And I think that Denver offensive line has gotten better over the years. They added Quinn Miners, although he's banged up a little bit. Cushenberry at center has been very good since he got there in 20. Uh, And then Garrett Bowles went from being – one of the most penalized players in the league to being one of the better left tackles in the league. It just took yeah. him a little while to kind of kind of grow through the system. So I think Williams behind those guys worries me because then Russell puts the ball out, he pulls it back, linebackers are now at the line of scrimmage, and now he can deliver in the middle of the field. But if they have success slowing down the run game early, then maybe the linebackers aren't as quick to fire. They can then robot technique back into uh, phase and receivers laps and maybe take away some of those throws. Away you go. But if Javante starts rolling early, man, that play action becomes big. And then not only play action at those digs and the curls and the deeper routes, deeper intermediate routes, the deep routes become a factor too because now you catch J.O. or Petrie. Hey, man, I got to get up there in the run game. And all of a sudden they play action and the guy you know, goes up the seam and you're tackling ghosts, basically. So I think it's Williams to me. Maybe not Williams and Gordon together. I mean, Melvin's thrown a, shown a little bit of age, but mm-hmm. I think it's Javante Williams. That dude is as good as it gets. I really, really wanted us to take a look at him back in, in 2021. We had different needs, so there was no way we were going to get him because he won the second round, so we just never going to get our hands on him. But I think he's going to end up being a really, really good player for them. And I, he worries me a lot. Worries me more probably than anybody on that all Broncos offense. Yeah, he uh, he had 11 catches, like I said. And some people might say, oh, well, he only got like 60 yards. It's like, okay, well, uh, do you not like – it's a six-yard reception. Do you not like six yards of carry? Right. Yeah. I mean, you're moving the chains. Right. You're moving – anyways. So, yeah, that's that's a big, big 
worry, concern, challenge for the Texans' defense. Okay, on the flip side, over-under, 15.5 touches, not carries necessarily, touches for Damian Pierce. Last week he had uh, 11 carries and mm-hmm. one catch, so he had 12 touches. 15.5, I think, I say the over on that. Yeah, you I would say, say over? over? Yeah, yeah. I, you, you, the number's pretty close, though. I mean, you still... I know a lot of people are, oh, <clears throat> heard what uh, Lovey said this week about, hey, he's going to get more touches, he's going to get more touches. Well, he gets he gets one more run. That's 12. That's more. Doesn't ultimately mean he's going to get 30 in a game. I still think this entire organization is, you know, look, everybody's excited about the rookies, but they're still young guys. They're still yeah. getting accustomed to playing this game. We can't just throw them out there and expect them for 80 plays to know exactly what to do and do everything right for 80 plays. But I do feel like they will try to get Damien involved a little bit more. And I think the one way that they can do it is in the pass game. When the Broncos aren't having success running the ball, now they have in the past, they would just flip it out to Javante on screens. He's out in space. He's away from the big dudes inside. And now he's going one-on-one against linebackers or he's out in space against safeties and corners. And those are matchups he can win. Same thing, I think, for Damien, the fact that you can throw him the ball and have success throwing the ball, whether it's screen game whether it's just out in the flat, check and release type stuff, mm-hmm. whatever you want to do, you can get him the football out in space. So I think that might be the way they get him over 15 and a half is that it's more than one catch. It's two, three catches. It's an additional two, three um, carries as well. Now you're talking 15, 16, but I don't expect to see 20 plus. I don't mind it if he gets rolling. If he gets rolling, he's got a hot hand and he is – four, five, six yards of pop, and he's really rolling. Okay, then yeah, let's get to 2021. That's fine. But this is a marathon, and he's a young back, and I know everybody young thinks they can handle it and go with it, and it's all going to be fine, but it's it's tougher. Yeah. It's tougher to do it over stretches of time throughout a season, and that's the point. They want him to be healthy for a whole entire season. They want to run him 25 times a game. I go back to Aaron Foster back in 2014, Aaron, they just, I mean, they ground Aaron in the dirt yeah. first three or four games. I mean, yeah, it wins, but he had 26, 27 carries, and it was going to show some wear and tear, and I think it and it did to a point where by the time he came back in 2015, he just, it, it was tough. Well, I think with Pierce, a lot of people, including me, were spoiled by what they saw in the preseason. Yeah. I mean, every time he touched the ball, he was getting a lot of yardage. Yep. Like he he was. You didn't see really any zero yards or the one yard. I mean, he was getting six, right. seven, sometimes nine yards. He's per. averaging seven point eight two yards per carry. And I think the thought was, well, yeah, it's got it's going to come down in the, the regular season, of course. But still, like, if you get him 12, 13, 14, 15 touches a game, good stuff's going to happen. And you know, not seeing that was sort of uh, Sort of a disappointment for folks. This is going to sound weird, but the one play that really gave me hope that, hey, man, this guy is absolutely legit, was a two-yard run, and we were going north to south, so left to right if you're on a Texan sideline. And he bounced around, he bounced a run outside, and as soon as he did, Bobby Okereke was on the spot, on the spot, and hit him, hit him with something. And Damian just ran through it. Yeah. And he tried, you know, tried to grab him down, and Damien just wouldn't go down. But Karake felt it. Yeah. He felt it. Yeah. yeah. And then I think it was... Uh, it was uh, Somebody else bounced off It was too. DeForest Buckner then came over and, like, tried to finish the tackle, and he still almost... He got some, too. Yeah, yeah. he was all... He barely... 
got him to the ground. I mean, he was almost standing after two of the Colts' best two defenders knocked him down. I mean, uh, running backs in the past would have just, Okereke would have pulled him down, tackle for a loss. He turned the tackle for a loss into a two-yard gain. Doesn't look like much. Two yards. He's averaging 7.82 in preseason. That's a two-yard run. That with probably, collateral damage. Right. Two-yard run with collateral right. damage That probably the saved three or yeah. four yards. Yeah. So, you know, it's a hidden yardage that, that he picks up that a lot of the backs aren't going to. So, I'm okay with it. I just I want to see an uptick in his touches. I just want to see an uptick in the production from the running backs. Yeah. I want to see an uptick in the production from the offensive line as a whole. I think the yeah, Broncos yeah, yeah. front is yeah, good. Yeah, because let me, let, me, let me interject. You know, Rex Burkhead, he didn't get much, but a lot of those runs that he had, he didn't have much to work right. with. Exactly. I mean, he was... He had a guy basically waiting for him as right. he got the ball, and right. nobody's gonna. It's like you're saying nobody's gonna run for anything, whether it's him, whether it's Pierce. Right. Nobody's gonna get theirs if a defensive lineman is in your lap as you got the ball. No doubt, I, you've got to have. And in a game, I, I don't know. Everybody's like, "Well, Derrick Henry would look." Derrick Henry. Ah. I've seen Derrick Henry take a lot of no yard gains, minus one. I've versus seen a lot this of team, that. versus this defense, whether it's a 19 defense, right. a 20 defense, a 21. Right. Yeah. But for Derrick Henry, there are more times than not, his offensive line has provided some yep. alleyway. So I think the onus in this game, I think there's massive pressure on the offensive line. And it's a different front. It's not a four-man front. It's going to be a three-man front. And there are going to be certain looks that might be the same, but overall, more than likely, it's not going to be the same. And so that's going to change maybe where the angles are, maybe where the cutback lanes are, uh, where the the edge is set, how much the safeties get involved. So you got to figure that out early, make your adjustments, and then, okay, we know this is how they're going to attack us. This is how we want to attack. These are, the, these are the runs that we think work against this particular front, um, and we're going we're gonna to go with that. And in that game, hey, this is a Damian game, or hey, this is a Rex game, or this is a throwing game. You figure that out in the first quarter or so and realize what kind of game it is, and then you go to that particular player scheme, whatever, and then see if you can't bring it home. And hopefully they find out, hey, this is a running game. We feel like we can move these guys better than we did against the Colts. And now our two-headed running back monster is going to be able to go to work, go for over 100, and really see what they can do. And like I said earlier, the Broncos get that running game going, and all of a sudden, Russell's so good with play action. So you're just biting. You're just on it, and that opens up big plays, deeper up down the field. Maybe that happens if they can get Pierce Burkhead running game going that then Davis has those opportunities to throw a little bit cleaner balls to Nico in the middle of the field, throw a little bit cleaner to Brandon in the middle of the field, hit his tight ends down the seam, those kind of things. So that's kind of my hope. But to me, this football team this year is and wants to be a physical one that prides itself with that, with physicality. Yep. They want to browbeat people a little bit. All right, well, here you go. It's a good front, not a great front. Good edges, but not great at linebacker. So it's a little different um, from the Colts and yet kind of similar to the Colts. So how do you make the adjustments? How do you change? And then how do you go against a, a three-man front, odd-man front versus going against a four-man front? So figure those things out. Hopefully you can run the ball and come up with a win. Not that you were going to necessarily, but you can't choose Brandon Cooks Pierce or Mills, okay, for your cream of the crop. The cream of the crop player prediction. Who's your cream of the cropper? And it could be on defense too. Any well, player yeah. you want. It could be an offensive lineman. Who's your cream of the crop performer that you're going to choose? That was where I was going with this, and I don't know if 
I'm going to pick two. I'm going to steal two. Okay. Uh, they don't really play the same position, but they play together. And hopefully Malik's going to be okay. Malik Collins and Roy Lopez. Okay, I like that. To stop Javante Williams, that's where they have to dominate. Mm-hmm. Those two guys have to dominate. And I felt like there were periods of time against the Colts where they did have success, where they forced cutbacks and they forced runs to go backward. Taylor didn't want to or didn't think anything was there. But then there were times where, and it wasn't just, they weren't in there every single play. I mean, they played 92 plays, but they weren't in there every single play. But when they are in there, Malik with his quickness and his power and Roy with his leverage, they should be able to hold those things up a little bit and force Williams into some bad running decisions. And that's kind of my hope with those two big fellas up front. How about you? All right, I can't choose Cooks. And I think because of what O.J. Howard did last week, there's going to be a little bit more of a focus there. So I'd love it if he did it, but I don't see O.J. Howard catching two touchdowns again, Yeah, having a monster game. So with all that in mind, let's see Brevin Jordan. Ooh. Because, I, I mean, I really think with Jordan and with Nico Collins, during training camp we saw the Texans hunting mismatches yeah, yeah. and trying Absolutely. to put them in really advantageous contagious uh, situations and we we saw them trying to do that a little bit last week but I think it comes to the fore a little bit more this week give me Brevin Jordan I think they're going to find ways to to move him around get him in spots that uh, he can do some stuff I think Brevin Jordan gets there you're brilliant because who just got put on IR for the Broncos Safety Justin Simmons. Mm-hmm. So with no Justin Simmons, and they still got a good secondary. Yeah, Sertan, secondary still really, Sertan, really good. Kareem Jackson there at the back right. end. We we know what but Simmons can do. Yeah, Simmons is our Petrie. Is yep. is their Petrie? That's the guy you look at. And Simmons has been doing it for a lot longer. Jalen has, but that's the guy you look at. If we were going into a game, we didn't have Jalen Petrie. Be like, oh boy, yeah. that's the way they're they're going about it right now. Now Kareem, that might change what Kareem does. Might change how they use Caden Stearns. Maybe he doesn't do half the things that Justin did, but we'll see how that goes. But Justin Simmons being out, I think that really sheds a spotlight on Brevin Jordan, how they decide to cover Brevin. Is it with linebacker? Is it with Kareem? Who is it? And I think it really makes Brevin a key factor in this one for sure. It's a good pick. Good, good pick. Thanks. You're a good picker too, man. Thank you. Thank you. Always fun to do this with you. And until the next time, John, this has been In the Lab.